Step into your authentic self and find genuine power with Gina Gardiner, number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment coach, and transformational leadership trainer. Gina suffered a serious accident at 29, leaving her paralyzed and learning how to walk not once but twice. It's not the challenges which define us, but what we do with them. You are not broken and you are enough. Gina has dedicated her life to helping people recognize that you have a choice to be happy, to be successful, and to live life full of joy and fulfillment. Access your inner resources to live life fearlessly. Find your true purpose and feel self-confident. Connect with Gina Gardiner at genuinely-u.com. That's Gina Gardiner at genuinely-u.com. Hello there and welcome to this genuine discussion. I'm Gina Gardner and I'm joined by my good friend Deborah Thorne. We are both so thrilled to be with you and tonight's discussion is all about integrity. Now I don't know about you Deborah but integrity for me is one of my highest core values. Absolutely. And I'd like to start with my definition of integrity. Okay. Um, and I'm then going to ask you what yours is. But Absolutely. Me, integrity means that you walk your talk. That if you say you're going to do something, then you follow it through. That you're honest, that you're trustworthy, reliable. That you are somebody who does all of those things and does it with heart. Somebody who can recognize when they've done it wrong and... Um, apologize and put it right and somebody who does things that are right and not necessarily easy okay Over to and, <laughs> okay so uh, first of all i'm going to correct a little thing you said good evening and that's wonderful because oh, you're in the uk and yeah. i'm in the united states and it's good morning so depending on where people are when they're listening I beg, I beg <laughs> not a problem Okay, so for me, integrity, I, I'll tell you what I taught my Sunday school class of teenagers. Integrity is doing the right thing always, whether it's hard, whether it's easy, whether someone is watching or not, we do the right thing. And if you, for me, if you make it just that simple, that's what it is, because I'm doing the right thing with the information I have at this moment. If I later discover that that information wasn't really adequate or accurate, I can make the change because that, again, is doing the right thing, doing what you know to be right. And I think that simplifies things. That's lovely. What I find really fascinating is that here we are, you're in America, I'm in the UK, and I believe that we live in times when integrity in many situations is in short supply that people take the easy route they take um they'll do what feels um it'll get them the result that they want and the means don't seem to matter and i think that's that's a really dangerous route to go it's not only in my opinion it's something which is very much against my values and I think is wrong. But I think it's a slippery slope. And yeah, children modeling um, adults 
who they see not doing the right thing or who will say one thing and do another who who haven't got the strength to actually stand up and and do what they believe in because they're worried about what other people will think or um they think that they um, that they may be um there'll be some problem um if they don't comply with what's going on even though they know it's wrong i mean who who said the only thing that stands between good and evil are men who go or women who say nothing absolutely the core of integrity if something's not right you have to stand up and be counted absolutely and when you were saying it you and i are always so in sync my concern is what are we teaching the children absolutely See, when a child's response is well everybody else is doing it yeah that is not adequate and yet you know i don't know what's happening in the uk but let me give you some examples here we have parents fighting at little league baseball games or football games they're fight, fighting the whole point of teaching children sports and athletics is so that they learn how to do things that are a little tough and they learn sportsmanship but here we have parents fighting when i we first, have when i first took over, sorry to interrupt you but when i first took over uh, as a principal of a, of a school and we had the first football match, soccer match, and parents were screaming at their children things that I felt were completely inappropriate and that they were arguing. I had the children in, I sent a letter to the parents and said, if you don't behave, you won't be coming. And I taught, we taught, the children and I taught their parents how to behave. How to, absolutely. So then we graduate from that. Again, I'm just speaking in our relationship. Yep where parents are now cheating on the college entrance exams and they're you know they're making examples of them as they should because you know where does the and and, and their excuses i was just trying to help my child have an advantage really so what is the message that you're giving your child that it doesn't matter at all costs you you know you win you fight to win no matter what and how how are young people to go forward if their parents are setting such poor examples of integrity i think that not only is that so inappropriate but then they're putting their child into a situation where the expectation from the colleges is that they will be of a certain ability and you're setting them up to fail because if they haven't done the work themselves, and if they're not of that standard, they're going to go into a college or university and they're going to struggle. And they're going to find that they can't. And that then is going to have an even greater negative. Far better for those parents to say, you want to get to a good college, then work hard. Put the work in. And if you put the work in, then you've got a greater chance of getting into the college you want. But, and, and for me, it all comes from a place of privilege, which to me, privilege and integrity go hand in hand. Because when I say to you, well, you don't have to work as hard because I can write a check, you're not teaching them the value of hard work where there's another student or person who is working and maybe they don't get into an Ivy League school. 
but they're already behind the eight ball because your friends own the company and they're going to hire your kid no matter what. Yeah. And, you know, then you've taught generations of people that it's okay to do whatever you think you need to do to get what you want. And, you know, without any reference to what is fair, what is right. And where do you cut the line off? Where do you draw the line? You know, you have a job I want, so I kill you. You know, because we even had that craziness. A mother killed, a, 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 I don't remember if it was the child or the mother of a cheerleader. Cheerleading, for goodness sakes. Okay. And I'm like, you know, where does this stop? Where does it end? What happened? This was a few years ago. And I, I, I don't really remember the details, but it had, it surrounded cheerleading. And I want to say, I want to believe that it was one mother killed another mother because her daughter in this cheerleading hierarchy. And we're talking cheerleaders. Okay. First of all, the way they have the young ladies dress and dance and stuff, my daughter couldn't be a cheerleader. So that's number one. But it was all in an effort. The mother was sorry that this happened, but it was all in an effort to give what she considered her daughter an advantage. And if we just do the right thing, you know that we teach kids from the very beginning, keep your eyes on your own paper, okay? Don't cheat. When we take cheating on as the acceptable practice, when integrity doesn't matter. You know, I I referred to the young people that I was teaching the lesson of integrity and we really worked on it because these are teenagers getting ready to go off to college and you got to know what integrity is. And so it would come up like every Sunday. And finally, one of the kids said, okay, they call me Miss D. Miss D, when are we going to stop talking about integrity? I said, when I stop seeing you not acting in integrity. When we, when we do the right thing because it's the right thing, then we don't have to talk about it. But up until then, every time I see an infraction in integrity, I'm going to call you on it. Yeah. And I hope you call me. If you see me doing something that isn't the right thing, yeah. call me on it. You know, And it, it's down to the little things. <laughs> a short story. I took the kids to see a movie. Mm-hmm. And all the movie theaters have signs, no outside food. And so I told them, you know, food in the movie theater is a little expensive. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring our lunches. We'll sit outside and eat and then go back in. Okay. That's how we're going to handle it. And well, my mama always brings a sandwich. Okay. But we're not going to do that today. Well, can we bring water? Is that outside food or drink? Well, yeah. Then no, you can't bring it. Even something as small as that became a real learning lesson because the children hadn't experienced it. And when I was talking to the parents, they were saying things like, well, yeah, we always stop at the dollar store and buy candy and take it in. Well, this time at the movies, we're not going to do that. You know, no, I don't want us buying at the concession stand because it's extremely expensive and that's hard on families, but we are not taking any food in the theater. And it was really an interesting yeah. challenge for the children to learn that we're going to do the right thing no matter what. Because interestingly, I mean, how long was the film? Two hours? Well, two hours, but what had happened, we had gone to church. And then, so we were leaving church and then going to the movie. So they had already been away from home a few hours. And we but didn't they weren't going to starve. Oh, but they were, oh, absolutely not. <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely not. You know, and they have a water fountain. So if you're really thirsty, go to the water fountain. Okay. But it's just, but the wonderful thing about it is it challenged me as well because I don't usually bring in food, but a cup of coffee in my purse. Absolutely. No, can't do that. You know, children are watching, people are watching, and more importantly, that's not who I am. It's interesting because for me, integrity, if you imagine it being the, the core of everything in life, so it's about school, it's about relationships, and I do quite a lot of work with couples, and one of the things that I think erodes relationships is when you they can't trust one another. When there's infidelity, when people say I'll do something and then they don't and they let the other person down. When people are not consistent and that each of those acts as a, a, another nail in the coffin to the relationship. So it's school, it's relationships, it's within work. You know, if you uh, say to a customer, I'll phone you, if, I'll phone you at four o'clock, even though you might not have their answer to their query, phoning them at four o'clock and saying, look, I'm still working on it. I'm really sorry I haven't got the answer, but I will get back to you as soon as I can. These little things make such a difference in terms of your, your client experience, of your reputation, of your company, and whether those people will choose to use you again. And I often say when I'm doing training, um, of people around customer service that it's often when things go wrong that you can do a lot to really bolster your reputation if you do it with integrity if you actually recognize that there's been a problem that you say you're sorry you put it right and you whatever you say you'll do you do in the time scale that you have said that you will do it and i think you know with its friendships in every walk of life, integrity for me is the thing that acts as the central tenant, which enables everybody to live together and to do that with love and, and with positivity. And I think that that is so absolutely important because if, you, if your core value is integrity, you are going to do the right thing. And of course, we're humans. We make mistakes. But it's, even that is part of it, as you said. Say, hey, I didn't get the answer. And I think more importantly for all of us to remember, and I want our listeners to realize, every single business action, every single thing we do in life is built on relationship. Absolutely. And if there isn't honesty, if there isn't integrity, all relationships erode. So whether it's in the family or it's a, a husband and wife or it's a business or friends, yeah. th these relationships are what puts forth whatever it is you're trying to do. If you're selling a widget, it's the relationship between the person who buys and you. And if you do not act in integrity, that will erode chip away people won't want to do business with you how can i do business with you if i don't know if you're going to do what you say you're going to do i think one of the challenges in the times and we were talking about this before we actually started to record this evening this, evening, this morning today <laughs> today uh, today um was that we live in a times when um you know, senior business people um politicians 
people who we don't have a direct relationship with, but who make a real difference in terms of um, the quality of our lives within society, where we are, those people have no integrity. And there's an example, um, the uh, Thomas Cook, the travel agents, uh, went bust this week. Oh, okay. Oh, and see, I wasn't aware. Okay. It's the oldest travel agent in the UK, and they employ tens of thousands of people. Oh, wow. Okay. And they've all been made redundant with no redundancy pay at a stroke. But the leaders took their bonuses, and some of them taking bonuses as big as £8 million. Now, for me... A business going bust is one thing and, you know, market forces and all of those things may have made that necessary. However, I can't see how there's any integrity in the very few at the top who have not done what it, take, it took to actually maintain that business have then still been prepared to take their bonuses. Because we don't act in integrity. And their response would be, you would do it too. And, you know, I've had people come at me. A family member said that to me one time. We were talking about some family pictures. And I said, why did you go in and take the pictures? And that was before we had the ability, like we do now, to just make copies for everybody and keep going. And the response was, you're just mad because you didn't think of it first. And I go, no, I never would have done that. No. There's no way I would have done it. And yet that person felt totally justified, felt that they were right. And I knew then I'm going, wow, you know, raised in the same household, but our values are different yeah. because I would never, that would not occur to me. No, no I, I wouldn't have done it first. I wouldn't have thought of it. No. no. And, you know, we look, we were talking about the political situation and I don't want to get into politics, but we have so many <laughs> who will say whatever it takes to get what they want. And I'm reminded that it was an experiment they did with very, very young children where they put them into a room and they put them, uh, it was a, a two-way mirror. And these were little tops, three or four years of age. I don't think it was older, I think they were two or three. Um, and there was a marshmallow and they said, if you don't touch the marshmallow till I come back, I'll give you two. And they, um, they um, were very three very distinct groups of children. There were those who, having been told, you can have two if you wait. They, they just went on and got on with doing other things because there were toys and books and so on. And they didn't give the marshmallows a second glance. There were those who kept on going and looking at the sweetie and, <laughs> and playing and then coming back to look at the sweetie because they, they were left for about 10 minutes. And then the third group, that as soon as the door was closed, they'd eaten the marshmallow. Now, they followed those children for decades. And what they discovered is that those people who could manage, uh, those, the first group who uh, were able to defer gratification with no problem at all, did better at school. They did better in work. They earned more money. They were healthier because they had learned to wait. The middle group had done as not as well as the first group, but they were nowhere near as um, the, the, the bottom group where they were more lowly paid, they had less 
um, responsible jobs. They tended to be much less healthy, more overweight. Um, and what they have taken from that experiment is that if we learn deferred gratification, then that uh, spreads into every area of our life. And it may sound a bit of a strange connection to integrity, but I think that, you know, given the stories that we've been talking about, is that when parents think that giving their child everything that they think that they want or everything that makes it easy, even though there's no integrity in the way in which it's done, they think they're giving their children the advantage. And I would like to argue the opposite. I would like to think that we have to teach this next generation that do it right. And if you've been asked to wait or you, need, you want something, then work to achieve it. Don't try and get it through the back door. That if you want an Ivy Leaf College, um, that you actually do the work. But at the same time, I think the colleges have got to do the work in terms of you only get a place if you, are, um, if you have the ability and your father's or mother's bank balance are not part of the equation at all. So for me, it's multi-layered. And I think the challenge is, where do you start? You know, because if you just do one without the other, you end up with a system that's unbalanced. And I think we live in times where the system, from the very top, the politicians down, is very unbalanced in terms of integrity. And how do we as individuals, how do parents, you know, from the tiniest child to their, uh, their teenagers who want to go to college but haven't put the work in and you want them to go to college, you know, doing those applications. I think we've got to, it's got to be a multi-pronged attack that actually looks at modelling integrity in every place, every opportunity. And in doing so, I think we could perhaps stem the tide. I agree. Uh, I, you know, I think it's like with most things, it starts in our very homes. I think that if each of us would take responsibility for our own integrity and that of the people that live within our home, and we have conversations about what integrity is, and I can remember when my son was growing up, uh, he quickly learned that telling me what people did in other households really didn't matter to me. He would say, well, so-and-so did. I said, yeah, but if they lived in my house, they wouldn't do it. So I can't speak to what his parents are doing. I'm telling you what's not happening here. And I think that as parents, as leaders, that is our responsibility. That number one, we live and operate in integrity. That we think about what is the right thing and do it. And say, hey, you know what? I'm struggling with this thing. I know what the right thing is, but I'm here to tell you I'm struggling. And gather support around it. But to teach our children what the right thing is, that it isn't what you can get away with. It's what's doing what's right. And put in surrounding them with like-minded people. And, you know, the politicians and stuff, they're going to implode because that's what's happening anyway. And we just have to talk about that delayed gratification. I just got to wait for you to implode. You're going to implode. <laughs> and when you do, the right thing for me is to not cheer. Okay. So I'm already working on that because I know you're going to take this major fall. And when you do, I can't be in the background going, yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's not right. So 
we have a lot of work to do. We just do um, with regard to what we think is right. Something current in the that happened in the United States, a young man was killed by a policewoman, an off-duty policewoman. She walked into his apartment thinking it was hers and she killed the man. And you can't take that back. That happened over a year ago, just this week. She was found guilty. But the young man, the deceased young man's brother, asked the judge, could he hug the defendant? And he came off the witness stand to hug her because he wanted her to know he truly forgave her. And, you know, but here's the thing, the backlash, oh my goodness, there's this whole conversation about why, oh, and one of the things I don't mention unless it is prevalent means it's thing. The young man who was killed was black, the police officer was white. So there's this whole backlash about black people always having to forgive and, and, and like you missed the whole point of it. The whole point is that this young man says, I forgive you. I'm not going to carry that burden yes. because she's going to have to carry it. The rest. Absolutely. Unfortunately, she's only 32 years old. So she's got a real burden to carry and she's going to prison. You know, she, they sit in certain prison for 10 years and people say that's not enough time. Well, that's spoken by people who have not been to prison. Okay. Just imagine that you come home from work one day and your whole world is turned upside down. You make a terrible mistake. Yeah. But the other okay. thing is that if you don't forgive, if you hold on to the hurt, it's like giving yourself the poison and expect absolutely the to die. And that guy was giving himself freedom to move. Absolutely. And, and he's only 18 years old. And I what have wisdom say, in an 18 year old. I am I am in awe of him. And I think, you know, rather than there being the brickbats about what you did, we need to take a leaf out of his book. Because, Absolutely. you know, when you do eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, you've got a lot of blind, toothless people about. Haven't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I think that that's an example of integrity, of him doing what was right for him in that moment. And it has gone viral. It's all over social media. And uh, as a matter of fact, they were interviewed on a national morning show. Um, because people have such, and he said himself at the time, I'm making this decision. This is my decision for me. This is what's right for me. Some of his own family members don't agree. And he goes, that's okay. For me, I needed to do this so I could move on. It took me a year to get this healed. I need her to know that I truly forgive. So to me, that is an example of him operating out of his own integrity. And I would agree with you. And I yes. think that we're, that's probably a great place for us to draw things to a close. Okay. Because it's a, an amazing example of how the human spirit can rise above terrible situations and absolutely what's right so before we finish would you like to tell our listeners what you do where they can find you um okay. and i'll do the same and then we'll draw this to a close okay it has been my honor and pleasure as always to speak with our audience and with you gina i'm deborah thorne the information diva I am an, an international author, coach, trainer, and speaker, and I work primarily with women over 50, helping them to transition from employee to entrepreneur, 
encouraging them to do business like a woman, not like a man, CEO, not CEO. And I can be found on the internet just like everybody else. I'm now telling people to Google the information diva. All my stuff pops up there. Brilliant. My name's Gina Garza. I'm an international best-selling author. I'm an empowerment coach and transformational leadership a trainer and facilitator. I am the uh, founder member of the Thriving Not Surviving membership program. Um, I have a personal spiritual development program called Thriving Not Surviving and also an enlightened leadership program. So if you're interested in leading uh, and leading yourself and leading becoming a spiritual matriarch or patriarch, then that's about to be launched. Um, and I hope you'll find me through genuinely hyphen you.co um, and you can find all about the courses the programs and make contact please let us know if you're listening to this either side of the pond let us know what you think if there are themes that you would like us to cover um, and if you've got any comments about what you've heard so be safe and we'll talk to you in a month's time thank you very much take care lots of love You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-you.com today to find out more.